Hi, this is Bishop E. James Logan, Senior Pastor of Christian Faith Fellowship Church in Zion, Illinois. Welcome to our podcast. I pray you'll be blessed by a fresh word from God every time you tune in. There is absolutely no God like our God. He is holy, holy, holy. He is ultimately holy. He is the epitome of holiness, meaning there is no other like him. Holiness is otherness, otherness, uniqueness. There's no one like him, no one compared to him. That means he deserves exclusive praise, exclusive worship. That means the words that we speak about him, we should not say about anybody or anything else because no one compares to him. So why don't you take a moment and think about how good and how great your God is and then say some words that are unique, sufficient to who he is in your heart. He's God. That's why he's called healer, redeemer. There's nobody like God. Nobody can redeem our life from destruction. He is redeemer. He's holy. He's righteous. He's king. He's all that and more. We bless the name of Jesus in this place today. Yes, we thank you, Jesus. Be all that you can be in this place to this people those that are in the building and those that are watching touch their lives with your awesomeness touch their lives with your greatness let your glory be revealed as we magnify your name as we speak from our belly as we speak about you as we boast about you nobody could have saved me like you saved me nobody could deliver me like you've delivered me nobody could heal me like you've healed me i boast about you i glory in who you are i glory in your name today god of my fathers God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, we bless your name today. Oh, how we love you. Oh, how we celebrate you. Oh, how we're glad to be again in your presence. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Mm -hmm. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Now, as we go further into the service, declaring your word over your people, let your anointing be heavy, strong. Let it destroy every yoke, set every captive free, cause us to see you in ways we've never seen you before. Cause us to experience you in ways we have never experienced you before. We thank you. It's name Jesus. The name Jesus be magnified. Amen. Well, before you take your seat, give the Lord a shout of victory praise in the house of the Lord today. Oh, 
glory to your name. Amen. Let's, let's do something uh, old school but new school. Why don't you just turn and bow and greet somebody? Don't, you don't have to touch them. Just bow and say, it's good to see you. Good to be with you. Good to worship with you. Amen. I may hug you later after search in the parking lot or something, but right now I'm just going to acknowledge your presence. Thank you for being here. Thank you, band. Thank you, worship team. Um, get your Bible or your electronic device and turn to Philippians chapter 1. Philippians chapter 1, and we're going to read verse 21, but we're not going to read it right now. Just want you to get ready because I'm going to give you a couple announcements that I think that are important and are pertinent just to remind you of some things. We've got a corporate fast coming up. The dates of Rosh Hashanah, September 25th through the 27th. There'll be more information about that on the website, fast, the scriptures, how we're going to fast, but that's the date. Be reminded of Remember, remember that. That's the day. Be mindful of September the 25th through the 27th will be our corporate fast. And then that same weekend, which is will be Sunday, we're going to have an open house. We're going to reinstitute youth and children's ministry. We have an open house that Sunday. Isn't that awesome? Man, it was so good to see Feet of Praise up here again and tell somebody God is still alive. And he still deserves worship. I don't care how many pandemics and wars and rumors of wars, he's still God. And then uh, mark this date. We'll have more information about that later. Uh, October the 20th and the 21st, we're going to have a Harvest Gathering Revival right here. That's Thursday and Friday right here. Get your heart ready for that, all right? Amen. Bless your heart. All right, let's look to Philippians chapter 1. And verse 21, I am so excited about this word. I, you know, sometimes I'll, you know, do a couple, two or three, four or five pages of notes. And I'll get on the first page. I'm like, I don't think I'm going to get past this first page. So let's see what God does. Philippians 1.21, the Bible reads, let's read it out loud together. Ready, begin. For to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Let's do that again. Ready, go. For to me to live is Christ. All right, then. I've already prayed. You may take your seat. We've been talking about the anointing. And we're still talking about the anointing. Today's message is entitled Living Under the Anointing. Living Under the Anointing. <laughs> living under the anointing. The Apostle Paul who wrote Philippians is declaring his stand and his position to help us understand what our stand and our position should be. He says, for me, <laughs> for me to live is Christ. Now, you know, that Christ is not Jesus' last name. Christ is Messiah, the anointed one. Paul says, living to me is living for the anointed one under his anointing. Paul says, living for me 
For me, living is living for the anointed one and under his anointing. You and I need to realize that now that we're born from above, born again, and that Christ is being formed in us, that God has and is constantly rubbing himself all over us. See, that's what worship is good. When you lift your hands and you dance, your God is rubbing himself all over you. This is why you shouldn't be afraid to be a worshiper and a praiser. Because once you get into the presence of God and his anointing it begins to rub off on you, you literally can be healed worshiping and praising God as he rubs himself all over you. So this is what the Apostle Paul is saying. Living to me is living for the anointed one, Jesus the Christ, and living under his anointing. You need to know that as a believer, you and I live under the anointing. For the believer, living is living an anointed life. You, you need to know that you are living an anointed life. You don't have to have a worldwide ministry. You don't have to travel around the world. Just where you are and who you are, and because of whose you are, you are living under the anointing. Why don't you write that down? Write it in the first person. I am living under the anointing. Now, this is crucial, particularly in these last days where there's wars, rumors of wars, crime, craziness. You need to remember. Wait, 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 wait. All that's going on, but I live under the anointing. That's important. This is why we have to talk about it, because we need to be reminded that as children of God, as born again believers, we live under the anointing. There's an anointing over your life. There's an anointing on your life. There's an anointing in your life. You're just anointed. Somebody say, I'm just anointed. You're anointed and you can't help it. Because you didn't anoint yourself. The one that anointed you and I is eternal. Romans 8, he does not take back his gifts and his callings. Once he's anointed you, you straight up anointed. It doesn't matter how you feel and what you're going through. You are anointed yet right now. The reason we pray and worship and, and have devotion, the reason we serve God is because we know we're anointed. I don't worship to get anointed. I worship because I'm anointed. And because I worship and I'm anointed, he anoints me more. I don't serve because I'm anointed. I'm anointed to serve. That's why I serve, because I am anointed. You serve because you are anointed. You don't serve to get anointed. You will receive more, but you need to understand the reason I start is because he already has anointed us. So for the saint, the anointing is our life. Listen carefully. For the saint, the anointing is our life. The whole state of our existence 
is live through Christ, the anointed one, to the point that everything we do carries the presence of God. Oh, man. Everything you and I do carries the presence of God. Whether you feel it or not, we got we to gotta, we gotta be more practical about living under the anointing. It's not always a quickening. Mm. It's not always a shandai. No, 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 no. If you never quicken a shandai as a born-again spiritual believer, as a child of God, you are anointed and you live under the anointing, whether you're typing something at school or for school or on your job, whether you're on the bus, young people, you're under the anointing on the bus. Mm. I wonder if saints... Have sought to be in God's presence so much, have forgotten we carry his presence. Said it again. I wonder if saints who seek to be in God's presence so much have forgotten we live in his presence. You know, some people will leave somewhere where God's presence is, thinking going somewhere his presence will be, and not acknowledge the presence of God where they are. I just said something right there. See, if you appreciate the presence of God right where you are, things will begin to change right where you are. Lift your hands right there. Yes, God, we appreciate you right here. We're not, we're not ignoring the here and now, looking for something greater. We want you right now. We want what you have for us right now. We want to experience your anointing right now. See, my brothers and my sisters, again, we don't necessarily need to do anything to be anointed because God has already anointed you. This might sound challenging for some of you. Let me just throw this in here real quickly. David was anointed king of Israel as a teenager. From that point on, he didn't have to do anything. He was anointed. He had to grow to understand the anointing, but he didn't have to do anything else. Samuel had already anointed him. Now, we know that he was anointed three times totally, but he didn't have to do anything. The anointing will find you when you walk in your purpose. David didn't have to do anything but just obey. And in his walking by faith, in his walking in obedience, the anointing found him. And he was eventually anointed king of all of Israel. But now, I'm going to talk about this for a little bit, but I'm going to step into it now. When you, when you study the life of David, you'll realize that after he was anointed, he went through H-E double hockey sticks. See, this is life under the anointing. Oh, let me jump out further. I'm already ankle deep. I'm concerned that believers on, in the Western Hemisphere 
And particularly in America, we have, we have allowed capitalism to influence our Christianity. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and so what we tend to do in America, in particular, is think the more famous a person is, the more anointed they are. So what we do is we seek famous people instead of the anointing. We think big is always better. But David was a little shepherd boy. <laughs> he wasn't as tall as some of his brothers. But the anointing found him because of his heart. The anointing finds people whose heart is after God. It doesn't matter where you live. It doesn't matter how many followers you have on Facebook, Twitter, or, or TikTok. The anointing will find you when your heart is after God. And so the anointing continually followed and grabbed a hold and got on David because David, watch this, no matter all of the things he went through, the trouble with his brothers, trouble in his family, trouble with the tribe, trouble with the people of God, David kept his heart pure so the anointing stayed on him and he continued to grow in knowledge and grace. So you need to understand something, my brother and my sister. When you're anointed, you're going to go through hell. Who still wants to be anointed? It's easy to raise your hand in church, isn't it? Wait, 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 wait till it's two o'clock in the morning. And, and, and demons begin to rise up in your house. Sickness hits your body. Do you still want to be anointed? Do you, do you still want to be? Do you still remember I'm anointed anyway? I'm anointed, even if the king changes his mind, about, I'm anointed anyway. Hey, God, whoever changes their mind about you and the relationship you have with them doesn't stop the anointing. We're talking about life under the anointing. You know, again, again, I grew up uh, in, a, in, a, in a time as revival was breaking forth and TV ministry was happening and Oral Roberts and Rex Humbard and all these people were on TV and the anointing would be seen. I remember, I remember as a young Baptist boy, the first time I saw someone on TV speaking in tongues, I said, my God, did you see that? And here we are now, fast forward in 2022, and all of these things are commonplace to many believers. But I remember when it cost you something to be anointed. I, I remember when it was, it was different, when the anointing was perceived and understood and walked in, oh God, differently. I, I'm going to say this, I'm going to move quickly because I don't want food with this too much. I remember, I remember, I remember when they first came out with the preachers of I've never been so mad in my life. What you're showing on TV is not representative of the anointing. That's American cultural. Yeah. 
So whether we live or whether we die, it makes no difference. Paul said, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. So whether we live or whether we die, it makes no difference. The anointed one and his anointing is still present on your life. You need to remember that in these last days. You need to remember whether you live or whether you die, you're still anointed. You're still anointed. Don't let the fear of death cause you to forget you're anointed. Because the enemy will paralyze you with fear and shut down your anointing. And then the people around you won't get blessed, saved, healed, delivered because you forgot you're anointed because you're afraid of the times you live in. See, my brothers and sisters, now that you're anointed, Somebody say, now that I'm anointed, anointed. (laughs) you cannot live apart from the anointing. We can't live apart from the anointing. Once you are anointed, you're anointed. To say you or I or any believer can live apart from the anointing is to say you can live apart from God's presence. Because the anointing brings God's presence. The anointing is a sign of God's presence on our lives. You and I can never live apart from God's presence because Jesus promised he would never leave us nor forsake us. So no matter how bad things get in your life, Jesus is still there and you're still anointed. Somebody shout, I'm still anointed. For me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. Paul says being in Christ makes life powerful. Being anointed makes life powerful. Again, just having, just memories flooding to me even now. I, I can remember, Pastor Deborah can remember in the, in, the, in the old days, you know, we can say that now, kind of getting up in years, but back in the day, we would just go to a restaurant we, in, a, in, a, in a foreign town or in a town we'd not been before, and people would walk in and say, man, I see the anointing all over your table. We didn't say one thing. We didn't say Jesus. We, we didn't have to have a clergy collar on. We were just two believers sitting. Well, actually, it was a table of us sitting in a restaurant, and other people came in, and they recognized the anointing. That's living under the anointing. I also can remember, as well as she can, some of you have some of the same experiences where you're in a restaurant, and the waitress comes by, and all of a sudden, God gives you a word of knowledge for them. I can remember us having waitresses walk off crying. They don't even come back. Because the anointing is on you, whether you're on a a bus going to school, or whether you're at a restaurant eating, or whether you're on your job, or whether you're at home. That's life under the anointing. You need to be ready. God is getting ready to use somebody in a level that you've not yet experienced as a result of this message, because you're going to be cognizant of the fact that you're just anointed everywhere you go. The anointing is on you. God's presence is with you. The power of God is on your life. See, living with the constant, somebody say constant, 
living with the constant manifest presence on our lives causes us to experience the grace of God all the time. Yeah. You, you, you and I need to never forget that God's presence is always with us. That means grace is always present. Mercy is always present. Love is always present. Healing, tongues, all the gifts, prophecy, word of wisdom, all these things are always with us. The fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, all that's with you. It's never absent from our lives. Never. This is what it means. Living under the anointing. Somebody's going to release that anointing that's been bottled up in you. You've been waiting for somebody to call you out and stand you up and say, thou this day and this day for No, I'm telling you now. You're anointed. Walk in it. Look at someone and tell them, you're anointed. Walk in it. And look at someone else and say, you're anointed. Walk in it. First Corinthians 1, 30 and 31. But of him are ye in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. Verse 31, that according as it is written, he that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. So the anointing on our lives has produced several things. And in this scripture, it says it's made us wiser. The anointing produces wisdom in your life. That's why you're not doing crazy stuff. Because you're anointed. That's why you, what, what, is, what is this new uh, text language? SMH shaking my head. That's why you, <laughs> when you see stuff, see, they ain't anointed. I, see, I wouldn't have done it like that. I wouldn't have done that. When you're anointed, you have the wisdom of God available in you, for you, to make wise decisions concerning your life. Oh, young people. Young people, you, you need to talk to some older people. They've got wisdom. They're anointed to help you. I know. I see. That's why I got quiet. Because y'all think the older people don't know anything anymore. I'm, I'm going to stop right there. I'm going to stop right there. Christ has been made. The wisdom, the anointing of God has been made unto us. Wisdom, righteousness. See, see the anointing helps you think right. <laughs> the anointing helps us do right. Woo. See, some of you didn't know how to handle your rebellious child till you got anointed. You tried to beat it out of them like your daddy tried to beat it out of you and it didn't work. But when you got saved, you got filled with the Holy Ghost. When God began to rub himself on you and the anointing manifested, you, mm, I got to come at this differently. The wisdom of God, the righteousness of God, the redemption of God. Another thing the anointing does when we live under the anointing, you can't help but boast about God. You notice that about yourself? 
You should. You should. You, you will more. You will more. Now, you notice how people will come up to you and tell you, man, I wish I could do this like you. You say, wait a minute, man, that's God. That's God. I, I, the God on me. God, that's God. See, the, the, the anointing will have you. But when you know the anointing enabled you to do something that you know you couldn't have done, you brag, you brag about God. You can't wait. No, I didn't do that. No, God did that. I'm, I'm bragging on God. It's his anointing on my life that gave you that wisdom to make that business deal. It's the anointing on my life that when I touched you, the power of God hit you. I'm bragging about God. I was in a store uh, last week and I was talking to a young man um, and uh, I've had conversations with him before. Wonderful young man. And he loves to talk about uh, supernatural things, you know, in terms of uh, uh, the co comic books and, and, and Marvel and mutants. And so, I, you know, I know a little bit about that stuff because I try to be culturally, you know, relevant. And he was like, he was like, he said, but I said, you know, I'm a pastor. Man. He says, well, what's your superpower? Do you have any superpowers? I said, yeah. <laughs> I, I said, oh, yeah. And he stopped. His eyes got big. He said, well, what are they? I said, man, I said, God has used me to get hundreds, if not thousands of people saved. Yeah. See, you, 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 you wasn't ready for that. See, you, you thought I was going to tell somebody I was levitating. and No, 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 no. Getting people saved is a superpower. You need to use your superpower. The reason you didn't clap and jump on your feet, because you ain't used your superpower in a long time. Or maybe you don't realize it's a superpower. He said, really? I said, I got some more. What are they? I said, man, I've cast demons out. Really? I said, yeah, that's a superpower. Ah, today I want you to use your superpower. Stop letting demons and devils run rampant through your community and just shake your head. No, get up and remember you're anointed and step out and cast the devil out. That's life under the anointing. See, again, 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 my brothers and my sisters, we've got to be very careful that we don't become Americanized. Because too many, not all, too many believers think you only use your superpower in church. See, this is, this is why there's infighting in the church and... and competition in the church and if you won't let me use my superpower I'll go start my own church and use my superpowers you won't let me use my superpower in church I'll go start my own church and use my superpowers see see again this I tried my whole and prayer prayerfully my ministry isn't over but my whole ministry I've tried to teach you that God wants to teach you in here so he can use you out there this is not the place where everybody comes and uses their superpower. I remember I just came back. I remember teaching, saying this example to you. Oh, I'll do it like I did before. How many of you have a vacuum cleaner in your home? Raise your hand. Okay. How many of you have a microwave? Wash machine? Dryer? All these appliances? All these conveniences? They're gifts. 
You don't invite somebody to your house and turn all of them on at one time. And as much as we laughed about that, this is what you want in church. You want 15 prophecies. You want 17 demons cast out. You want five legs to grow back straight. You want all that to happen while you sing because you can sing and play because you can play. You want all that to happen at one time. That's called confusion. That's not life under God's anointing. That's life under man's craziness. See, we just free in here. We just free. <laughs> Let me stop. Let me stop. I'm going to get myself in trouble. I'm going to stop. <laughs> Don't say that to the preacher. All right. Christ is the anointed one. He's the one that rubs himself on the believer. The anointing, when we manifest the nature and the character of Christ, we must brag about Jesus Christ. That sounds elementary, but it's harder than some of you think. Because people, (laughs) organizations, institutions love to brag that they're the only ones. Paul said, I'm glad I didn't baptize none of y'all except Gaius. Because some of y'all got a baptism spirit. If, it ain't, if, if baptisms don't happen, God ain't there. This is how some of us are. We have recategorized and given the anointing a different name and a different purpose than what the scriptures tell us it has. 2 Corinthians 4, 7, but we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not us. See, the anointing is God on us. The anointing is God's idea for us. We should never act like we know and we corner the market on the anointing. And if you come here, you'll get an anointing you won't get nowhere else. I'm scared of that kind of anointing. We have this treasure. What is the treasure? The treasure that Paul is talking about here is the knowledge of God. The knowledge you have of God is treasure. It's extremely valuable. And it's hidden in our earthly vessel. (laughs) Treasure, the knowledge of God's glory and the knowledge of the anointing. Having that knowledge makes you and I the most valuable people on the planet. I'm going to say that again. This is one of the things the enemy doesn't want you to know. The treasure that's in you. Because that's what makes you and I valuable to the kingdom of God and detrimental to the kingdom of darkness. When you realize you're anointed Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. When you realize you're anointed in the summer, winter, fall, spring. When you realize you were anointed when you got saved and you're still anointed. You are a dangerous person to the kingdom of darkness. Dangerous. Dangerous. If nobody calls you out, you're still anointed. If nobody, if nobody likes your tweets, you're still anointed. The 
excellency of the power may be of God and not us. It's God's power. The anointing is God's power operating in us. It's God's power. Oh, so many people want to have an encounter with God when God is trying to get you to have an encounter with him. He's already in you. If you're born again, if you're spirit filled, he's in you. Get in touch with the anointing that's on your life. God has placed treasure on the inside of you. Now, here's this. Here's this thing that 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 can trip you up. And this is what I hope to also help you understand. God, (laughs) he put treasure in these frail bodies. Wow. Do you know God knows how frail we are? So don't let your frailness make you think you're not anointed. Don't let your weaknesses make you think you're not anointed. Being anointed and experiencing weakness go hand in hand. (laughs) I'm going to make it plain in a minute. I I heard a preacher say years ago, God put treasure in the trash. That's right. In our flesh dwells no good thing. God, God knows. God knows your tendencies, your proclivities. God knows your DNA. Listen, 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 listen. Let me say something to you. Let me say something to you in love, in love. Do you, do you not realize there are certain tendencies you have that just are part of your DNA? It got nothing to do with you. You were born liking something you shouldn't like. You were born with the attitude you shouldn't have. You were born with feelings about things you shouldn't have. And God knew that when you were born. And he anointed you anyway. What did he tell the prophet? Before you were born, before I put you in your mother's belly, I already anointed you. I knew you was going to come out with a twisted head, but the anointing will work with your twisted mind. I knew you was going to come out with some issues, but you're still anointed. Some of you got some daddy issues and you in your 50s. Still got some daddy issues, but you're anointed. Wow. God placed treasure in the trash. There's power in you. Somebody say there's power in me. There's power in us that only comes out when we operate under the anointing. Okay, let's use David again. David said it was good for me to be afflicted. So I could learn your statutes. Well, in America, we all want the lifestyles of the rich and famous. We want to live our best life now. You don't want to be afflicted. So there's things you aren't going to learn. Because affliction is what God uses to bring the anointing out. (sighs) 
2 Corinthians 3, 5, and 6. Ah, I'm running out of time. Not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything as of ourselves, but our sufficiency is of God. Verse 6. Who also hath made us able ministers, able ministers of the New Testament. Not of the letter, but of the, of the Spirit. For the letter killeth, but the Spirit makes alive. Paul again is reminding us that God using us is what makes us able ministers. <clears throat> Excuse me. God using us is what makes us effective. When we recognize we live under the anointing and we let God use us, we'll always be effective and productive. So then what qualifies us, hallelujah, to be effective is recognizing and walking in our anointing. Again, 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 excuse me. In America, we love, excuse me, we love to admire uh, uh, famous athletes, highly gifted people. Uh, uh, sad to say, almost to the point where young boys and girls will ignore the gifts in them and want to be like Mike. I want to be like Mike. You know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I ain't starting no controversy, but. You know, I'm a Mike fan versus LeBron. <laughs> but, you know, <clears throat> excuse me. One thing I realized early on, Mike 6'6", six, six, James 5'11", three quarters. <laughs> Mike worked with his tongue out. <clears throat> I work with tongues. So, I can't be like Mike. So I have to discover the anointing God gave me and work that. Then I'll always be, watch this now, satisfied with my life. Really, really, really. Because when I, was, when I was in the army, you know, during the heyday of Mike and the, in, the, in the Bulls, you know, I, I, I got real close to being able to slam dunk. And I, pre I ran and jumped. I did squats. I, was in the I did everything. Cause I, I don't want to just halfway get it in and it hit the rim. and I want to go boom. I want to do it like Mike. I spent so much time building up my legs, trying to jump. Until one day I was like, man, I'm wasting time. What am I saying? I'm saying you'll waste time trying to be like somebody else when you're already anointed and there's an anointing over your life that if you just plug into it, you'll be able to do everything God called you to do. See, 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 you got to be careful because anointed people, when people that God has anointed, when they do what God called them to do under the anointing, it always looks easier than it is. It always looks easy when you do it under the anointing. And this is what we need to begin 
to tell people. When people say, oh, my God, that was wonderful, splendid, marvelous. I just, but that was God. I don't, don't, don't stop letting people think it was easy because that's how people are sitting out there. I'm going to do what you did. No, you can't do everything I do because you're not anointed to do it. God makes it look easy when I do it under the anointing. But if you're not anointed to do it, you'll destroy yourself trying to do what I do. Listen to a pastor. I'm almost done. I was listening to a pastor. I was watching ministry online the other day. And this pastor has huge ministry in uh, Nigeria, in fact. And uh, he said, he said, he said, you need to understand something. He says, you can't run this organization. You may think you can because it looks easy when I do it. Any more than you could run Apple. I know you got ideas for your iPhone. But you can't run Apple. Stay in your lane. Realize what your anointing is, and then what you do will look easy to other people. But you must tell people it's God and not you. It's from the treasure that God put in me. Any success I have anywhere in my life, it's because I live under the anointing. The anointing reminds us God's using us. Let me finish. Philippians 4.13. Famous, familiar passage of scripture to believers. I can do all things through the anointed one and his anointing. I can do all things through the anointed one because his anointing strengthens me. The all things are the things God has called you to do. But all things are the things God called you to do, watch this now, that you're going to face opposition trying to do. Anyone that's tried to do anything for God knows about opposition. Can you say amen? Amen. Mm -hmm. And so when the opposition comes, don't take it personal. Put the anointing on it. See, I said this years ago, just came out of my mouth at 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 this pulpit. Some demons you cast out, some you last out. King David outlasted some of his enemies. Some of them he whooped, but some of them he outlasted. See, the anointing will cause you to live longer than some of your enemies. I'm talking to somebody. Hey, God, that's why God will heal you when you get sick, because you can't die from the attack of your enemy. You got to outlive your enemy so God will heal you. Because preserving your life is living under the anointing. Somebody lift your hands and say, I will live and not die and declare the wonderful works of God. I'm anointed for this. Sometimes you got to remind the devil, you can't kill me. God ain't done with me. You can't. God isn't done with me. I still feel his presence. I still have a passion to see people saved and healed and delivered. I have a passion. I'm anointed for this. I will live and not die. Because truth be told, the only reason any of us are still alive is because God isn't done with us. There's nothing, nothing, my brothers and sisters, there is nothing God has called us to do 
that we cannot accomplish because we're anointed. <laughs> Philippians 121, our foundational scripture. For us to live, for me to live, for us to live is Christ. Verse 20 says, according to my earnest expectation and my hope that in nothing I shall be ashamed. Notice what he says, in nothing. Before he says what he, we quoted in Roman, uh, excuse me, Philippians 1, 21, uh, to live is Christ. He says, I make sure that there's nothing I do I'm ashamed of. I don't do things. I'm going I'm to I'm say it this way for us, us, me and you, those listening. I try not to do things that God didn't tell me to do. Because if I do things God didn't tell me to do, I might be ashamed in the end. But if I make up my mind to stay in his presence, to hear him as clearly as I possibly can, then I will not do anything that I should be ashamed of because everything I do, I'm doing what the father told me. And if he told me to do it, he's already anointed me to get it done. So I ain't going to have to be ashamed because it's going to manifest. So he goes on to say, if I'm not ashamed, the opposite of shame then is boldness. He says, so I can talk boldly. When I hear God clearly, I can talk boldly. When I know God said it, I can speak it boldly. When I know God said it, I can stand firmly on it until it comes to pass. Because God's going to make it happen because he already said it. I'm just repeating what he said. So Paul says, since he's anointed, when his life is over, he'll have nothing to be ashamed of. And he's determined. I like this, <laughs> this language in the King James. He says, so I'm determined to glorify God in my body. Whew. Yeah, 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 yeah. See, when we live uh, 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 sufficiently under the anointing, it will impact your body. It'll make you more aware of your body because the body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. And we can't accomplish anything on this earth without a body that will cooperate. You need to learn how to help your body cooperate. Mm, you need to begin to reduce the sugar and the salt in your life so your body will cooperate. Hey, you need to be able to cooperate. You need to make sure you can sleep a good six, seven hours at night. So when you got to get up and do the work of God, your body will cooperate. <laughs> Told you years ago from this pulpit, folks love to cast out demons of this, that and the other. But I'm going to tell you one of the biggest demons. You, 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 some of y'all don't even think about this demon. That demon you put in your, well, the demon at the grocery store. The one you put in your cart and you push around while you're singing hymns. Praise and worship. You got that demon. that you, you, See, I'm messing with you. I know I'm making you uncomfortable. That's, that's fine. I'm talking about living under the anointing. You pushing that demon around in that cart. All that sugar and salt. Mm-hmm. Then, then you buy the demon. You pay for the demon. 
You purchased that demon. And then, if that wasn't bad enough, you put the demon in the refrigerator to preserve him. Or the freezer, that demon in your house, chilling. But don't let nobody walk by you homeless and disheveled. That's a devil. Oh, we got to do something. You got several of them in your house. Learn how to glorify God in our bodies. You know, real, just this moment of the, the disclosure here, moving on, just to help somebody. Just to help somebody. You know, I... I I had a gym membership for 25, 30 years, and I made sure I tried to work out, traveling overseas and preaching. It's, it takes a lot off, on your body. It takes a lot. It's a lot. And so I remember when I was in my 30s and I was newly pastoring, and my doctor said, he said, oh, you're getting close to having high blood pressure. What do you do? I said, I'm a pastor. Oh, I got to put you on medication right now. I said, no, you don't. He said, well, you got to lose five or ten pounds. I said, I'm going to do that. But you're not going to put me on medication just because I'm a pastor. I'm in my 30s. So what am I saying? I learned then how to try my best to glorify God, glorify God in this body. So this last bout, I got to change my diet again. And I'm like, well, God, I've been, you know, I, you know how we complain to God. But God, I've been pretty good with my body. I can't eat. I can't eat that no more. <laughs> Told my daughter yesterday, you the you the health police at home. Can you have that? <laughs> but see, that's love. See, 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 it's the same way in the spirit. Mm. Philippians four twelve. Watch this now, and I'm gonna close with this. Philippians 4, 12 and 13. Paul is speaking again, of course. He says, I know how to live in poverty or prosperity. No matter what situation, I've learned the secret of how to live when I'm full or when I'm hungry. When I have too much or have too little. That's when he says, I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. I can do everything through the anointing. I, the anoint, <laughs> living under the anointing gives me the power to be rich or poor, full or hungry. Living under the anointing, I can deal with any situation that comes into my life. That's what Paul is saying. I can do all things through Christ. I can, I can be up. I can be down. <laughs> Basically, Paul says, I've learned a great secret, and I'm trying to help you. I've learned a great secret of what it truly means to be anointed. It's not just about signs and wonders, and they're wonderful, and that is a part of it. It's not just about the gifts of the Holy Ghost. That's a part of it. But what Paul is telling us here is a big part of walking under the anointing, living under the anointing, is this personal revelation Paul got that enabled him to keep fighting no matter what situation he was placed in. He kept using the anointing on his life to fight and prevail. 
Hmm. Paul tells us what it is. I don't know if we've ever connected the dots. Here it is. 2 Corinthians 11.23. Paul says <laughs> uh, five times the Jews beat me with 39 lashes. But the anointing on me preserved me. Verse 25, three times Roman, Roman officials had me beaten with clubs. But the anointing kept me alive. Once people tried to stone me to death, three times I was shipwrecked. I drifted on the sea for a night and a day. Because I've traveled a lot, he said, I faced dangers from raging rivers. I faced danger from robbers. But the anointing preserved him. Because he said, I can do all things through Christ. I can get robbed and stay anointed. I can be shipwrecked and realize I'm still anointed. I can have Jewish leaders. I can have Christian leaders. I can have my brothers turn on me. But I'm still anointed. <laughs> he goes on to say in verse 27, because I've had to work so hard. I've often gone without sleep. You can be sleepless and anointed. You can be wore out, tired, dog tired, and still anointed. He goes on to say, I've been hungry and thirsty, but I was still anointed. Don't let whatever lack you may be having stop you from serving God. You're still anointed. Just because you don't have a new car, just because you lost your job, it doesn't mean you're not anointed. Come on back to church. Nobody's going to judge you. Come on back in here. Listen. Listen, I, I don't know who I'm talking to right now. See, you may come back to church and all your hair is white and your beard is white. That's all right. You're still anointed. You, you, don't look what, don't, don't think what you look like that's different than what we're used to make you think we don't know you're still anointed. Again, because in America, lots about appearance. Some folk don't want to come out because you don't want people to see how you've changed. But see, that's why I don't mind telling you, Corona, COVID hit me. And I came up on this pulpit and I was, I, I didn't look near as strong and as cool as I like to look. But one thing I knew, I was still anointed. I may have walked a little slower. My voice may have been a little, but I was still anointed. And I'm trying to tell you right now, that's what it means to live under the anointing. You're going to take some hits. You're going to take some things. Things are going to happen in your life. But don't let the devil trick you. You are still anointed. The power of Almighty God is still in your life. The anointing that destroys yokes is on your life. Everybody stand on your feet. I'm done. Come on, give God the praise. And just so you understand, come on, praise worship team and band. Just so you understand. Hallelujah. Just so you understand, Peter has this same revelation. Listen to what Peter says as you lift your hands and we prepare to worship the Lord. Go further into his presence. Peter says in 1 Peter 4, 12 and 13, well, and 14 too, he says, Beloved, 
Think it not strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you. In America, we, some of us have been taught, if you're going through something, you ain't saved. If you're going through something too long, you're you demon-possessed. Peter says, don't think it's strange. You're in a fiery trial. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were in a fiery trial, and they were living right. And they knew they were anointed. Don't think it's strange. Oh, saints of God, don't think it's strange because you've been going through. We've all been going through something. Don't think it's strange. Don't think it's unusual. Don't let people make you feel strange because you're going through something because you're still anointed. So he goes on to say, the fiery trial, which is to try you as though some strange thing happened to you. There are literally wonderful believers that think if they get COVID, God has cursed them. That ain't strange. Millions of people got it and millions just died. It's not strange if you're going through trouble in your marriage. Many people go through trouble in their marriage. You're still anointed. It's not strange if your children are rebelling against God. Many people have had that experience. It's not strange. You're still anointed. God is still in your life. The presence and power of God is still with you. Come on, lift your hands. The anointing destroys the yoke. I rebuke that yoke. We destroy that yoke of fear, that yoke of bondage, that lie from the pit of hell. Peter goes on to say, but rejoice. This is what you need to do. This is why you need to come back to church and rejoice. If you're broken, busted, if you've been going through hell for the last two and a half years, come to church and rejoice. It's not strange. There's nothing wrong with you. You're just anointed. He says, but rejoice because you're partakers of Christ's suffering, the anointed one's suffering, that ye, when his glory shall be revealed, you may be glad with exceeding joy. My last verse. If you be reproached for the name of Christ, the anointed one, it is anointed, happy are you. Happy are you. We should be happy living under the anointing. We should be happy being persecuted and lied on because we want to be saved. We should be happy because we don't believe in abortion. We should be happy because we don't believe in same-sex marriage. We should be happy. We should be happy to suffer for righteousness. This is what it means to live under the anointing. He says, watch this, happy are you for the spirit of glory and of God rests on you. Lift your hands, don't let them down yet. I want you to understand, living under the anointing means the spirit and glory of God rests on you. When you go through, when you experience challenges, when the world opposes you, 
the spirit and hey hallelujah the spirit and glory of god is resting upon you saints the spirit and glory of god is in this building the spirit and glory of god is hovering over you god wants to rub more of himself more of his glory on your life if you just open up your heart if you just change your mind if you just gravitate towards truth The spirit and glory of God rest upon you. If you're in this building today and you're not saved, you're not born again. You've not, you're not born from above. Hallelujah. Christ, the anointed one, has not, you have not made him your savior and your Lord. Come here right now. Let me pray for you. You need to be born from above. You need the spirit and the glory of God on your life. If you're going to move through these last days with power, if you're going to endure hardness as a good soldier, you need the anointing on your life. If you're not saved, come. If you're backslid, come. Come now. It's, there's no time to waste. There's no time to... It's never been more urgent for you to come. Well, thank you for joining us. I also want to thank you in advance for clicking on the link to support our ministry. Your giving is what moves ministry forward, and ministry must move forward. You can also visit us online at cffczion.org for more information. If you were blessed by this word, please subscribe and share this podcast with your friends and family. God bless you.